Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in 6 months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. mintmobile.com/switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month, unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month, face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 53124 get 6 months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after 6 months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply. If rated PG. Hello everyone, it's a brand new week and welcome to the Fumble. Good grief, I tell you, I have only just recovered from what was an epic championship weekend. It was phenomenal. So without further ado, let's bring in the man who knows everything that there is to know about the NFL. The one, the only, Mr. Darren Fletcher. Round of applause. Just good from, morning, mate. Just, How are you? I'm very good. I'm trying to make this round of applause sound massive and I'm sure what we'll do is <laughs> yeah. we'll get our producers and our directors and all that kind of, all the background staff that we have, the hordes of the masses of of people that make us sound good. I, I, I'm sure we'll, we'll drop in some, some huge game show applause. Uh, Darren Fletcher, welcome to the Fumble. Have you recovered from that mammoth weekend? Well, I had a really strange one because while the games were on, I was at a, a tribute dinner with the football writers for the England manager, Gareth Southgate. So I was completely off social media. <laughs> And uh, trying desperately not to find out who was winning. So, of course, because of my association with you and the NFL, most people in the room who were looking for a score update on the NFL. There were quite a few. You know, Fletch, how's it going? I said, I don't know. I genuinely don't know. So <laughs> I, I, didn't, I didn't want to make eye contact with them in case they knew and I'd find out. So I had a right good drink with the lads and then got back to the room and watched the Rams Saints in the 40-minute game, you know, on, on uh, Game Pass. Yeah, nice. And then by the time I'd finished that, the, the Patriots and Chiefs one was up there, so I watched that too. So I managed to avoid the results in both um, and watched them both. And they were fantastic, weren't they? In their own way, they were special. They were different. Um, there were storylines. It was dramatic. It was fascinating. There were so many well-executed plays, mistakes. It was just... If you could kind of script a championship game weekend, I think that's the way you'd go. And I think the guys in the U.S. called it right. You know, they were saying that there was a real case to make here that this might be the best ever championship game weekend. I think it was pretty close. Um, and I think they also called it right as well, that the, the ridiculous shootouts that we saw between the teams in the regular season wouldn't happen in the playoffs because everybody's that little bit tighter. Uh, but I thought it was fantastic. Really enjoyed it. I thought the controversy and the mystique about the games, I think that just sums up the NFL. I think a lot of people on social media were saying, listen, if you're, if you're one of those people who poo-poos the NFL and if you're one of those people who poo-poos the NFL in the UK by saying, oh, it takes too long, there are too many rules, don't understand it, why is it stop-start, too many adverts, too many players, too many this, too many that, not enough this, not enough that. That weekend was just awesome. It absolutely typifies everything 
and all the reasons why we love the NFL. First of all, lots of controversy, Darren. Let's start off with the early game. It was the Rams at the Saints, and for the first half, it looked like the Saints were going to run away with it. Yeah, it did. I mean, they got off to such a good start, and I think it's a real testament to to Jared Goff in particular, but Sean McVay as well, who's in the situation for the first time. You know, the fact that they could hold their nerve in the Superdome. It's not very often you see the Saints at home um, get a lead like that, and then the team's able to come back and and beat them. You know, normally they're great front runners when they're at home. Drew Brees is so good at managing the game when he's in the situation that he was in that day. Um, and I thought it was it was a real show of strength from the Rams. And they've really come back, haven't they? Almost from the dead. You know, two or three weeks of the regular season to go, you would have said that their goose was cooked and that they, you know, were going to fizzle out. They played their best stuff before that that stage. But they've been able to go away, get healthy, use the bye week to their advantage and come back and play you know, to a really high high level, the, the, the level that's taken them all the way to the Super Bowl. But I think, on, you know, when you talk about the controversial calls, I'm, I'm probably going to be a little bit controversial about it when we speak about it, if I'm honest, because I've, I think I've got a different view to most. All right, well, let's get there in a second. One thing that really impressed me was the fact that the Rams had the ability to stand up in the red zone and stop Drew Brees and that electric offence from scoring. I thought that was that was a really impressive and a really important statement that they made a couple of times in the first half because I think everyone was talking about the New Orleans offence and it, it, it wasn't he doesn't have the wide receiver core that he's had in previous years, Drew Brees. But yet, if you look at the amount of points that they've scored collectively over the season, they're a formidable force, or they were a formidable force, especially with Sean Payton at the helm as well. But saying that, we talked about the big names on the D-line of the LA Rams, and they stood up. They were accountable. They made themselves known. And I thought that was massive, and that stands them in good stead up against that electrifying and probably unstoppable New England offence, which we'll talk yeah. about a little bit later on. On that as well, talking about individual players, you know, they, they went down a route. I'm going to try and r- r- raise this a little bit later on when we talk about, you know, the really early thoughts on the Super Bowl matchup. But, but the Rams invested a lot of money on big free agent signings, didn't they? Yeah. And, and two of them were in the secondary. Aqib Tlaib and Marcus Peters, two cornerbacks that they felt um, they needed for situations like they were in at the weekend. And I think, you know, I'm a big one for the numbers. I think the NFL and baseball and, and, t- and, and sports like that are games where the numbers do tell you an awful lot. You know, you, you get people say, listen, don't blind us with statistics. But statistical analysis of an NFL team does tell you pretty much how they're going to perform. And there was a huge disparity between how well the Rams defense plays the pass with a keep to leave compared to without a keep to leave. And when they lost to the Saints early in the season, to leave was out injured. And a lot of people that should be in the know in the U.S. leading up to that game at the weekend said that there would be a significant slowdown in the Saints' offense simply because Akeem Tlaib was back in the Rams' secondary. He had the game of his life, Darren. He did, exactly. It turned out to be that. And it did show, didn't it, Vern, that if you spend your free agent dollars wisely in big situations, you can really get an advantage. Completely shut down Drew Brees' – well, one of Drew Brees' options. And one thing that was confusing was they've got two electrifying running backs, Mark Ingram – and Alvin Kamara. And I just thought that those guys, everything was in the flats. Everything went out to the flats. Nothing was up the middle. All right, give or take. There was a couple of runs up the middle and the gains were impressive. But everything fell to the flats. And we talked about the two corners that the Rams invested in. And if you've paid a lot of money for cornerbacks, you want cornerbacks that primarily can cover, but you also want cornerbacks that can read the game. And if you're going to go through to the flats, your two corners are the most important people in that position to cover that scenario. 
and they did exceptionally well. And I, I was a little bit disappointed in the way that Drew Brees and uh, Sean Payton mustered up an offence for the Rams because I thought the Rams down the middle were... not. I'm not talking about down the middle with the defensive line. I'm talking after beyond the linebackers. I thought they were beatable in that area. However... Let's talk about the most controversial moment of the <laughs> yeah. weekend, OK? Pass interference call that never was. Wide receiver gets totally led out by a defensive back with the football literally 15 yards, 15 yards away from the actual play. Talk us through that, Darren, and tell us about what's happened with the aftermath of that play. For a start, you know, I've got tremendous sympathy for, for Sean Payton and the Saints. You know, the fact that, um, the fact that they've, gone, they've gone out essentially to that play. Um, it was a terrible call. It was a call that had to be made. It was one of the easier pass interference calls that that, that, that needed to be made this season. Nickel Roby Coleman, um, the offender, was honest enough in the locker room after to say, look, I was beaten. I had no option but to take him out. It was a desperation play from the Rams. And you could tell by their reaction straight away that they were fully expecting to see the flag. And even when the flag wasn't on the field straight away, you could see the look on their faces that they were expecting a late one at <laughs> yeah. least, you know, that somebody would realise that yeah. somebody had missed it and it just kind of never came. And that sucked whatever <laughs> life there was out of the Saints. And I mean, I think it says a lot when Sean Payton went into the press conference straight after. In tears. And said, we, yeah, and said, we've just had a call from the league to apologise oh. for, the, for, the, for, the, for the no call. But I mean, oh. that, that doesn't make anybody in Saints Nation feel any better. No, it, it was really a shocking doesn't. call, plain and simple, shocking call. It was funny. I'm going to go back to their reaction because oh. <laughs> it was one of those where you're in school and remember when you used to make spitballs with chewed up pieces of paper and you'd get a straw from, uh, from lunch, right? And you'd spit pieces of paper either at the back of the teacher or on the blackboard. And it was one of those scenarios where you spit paper at the blackboard, it would land right plumb in front of the eyeline of the teacher and they never saw it. And the rest of the class was like, oh my goodness me, they haven't seen it, they haven't seen it, we got away with it, yes! It was that delayed was reaction of high fives yeah. that absolutely creased me. But the Fumbleites will know, everyone who listens to this podcast on a, on a regular basis will know that I am pro-defence. I am a defensive back through and through. And I've got to say, after watching this season, some pathetic calls have gone the way of the offence. We saw one in the Kansas City Patriots game which really wound me up as well. It, it just so annoying. You can't touch the quarterback. We'll come to that play in a in a uh, a little bit uh, further down the line. But this pass interference call, I was leaping up and down on the sofa, physically whooping and hollering because it's about time that the defense got a call. And it wasn't even a close call. It was horrific. It was horrendous. But thankfully. The, the, the white caps, the black caps, they fell the side of the defence. And I feel so sorry for, for uh, Saints Nation. I, I really, really do. But for once, they got away with one. And that's why yeah. I was controversially happy. I know. And, 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 you know, for people who are new to the NFL, and I know a lot of people listen to this podcast because we're not too technical and they can, they can kind of enjoy it for what it is. You know, it is a, an unwritten rule, and it does happen every postseason, that defensive backs are allowed to use their hands on receivers a lot more in the playoffs and the Super Bowl than they ever are in the regular season. So there is the motto in the NFL that when you get to the playoffs, let them play. You know, that was going too far. I mean, that was virtually GBH. But I mean, <laughs> yeah, but, but I mean they, they do let more go, don't they, when you, when yeah. you get to the playoffs. So, so if you're a new viewer of the NFL, a new fan, you know, get, get used to this, that when you get to the postseason, the defense 
the teams with a good defense tend to do better because those defensive players are allowed to do more. They're allowed to get away with more. So when people say defense wins championships, it's because they're allowed to play in a more old-fashioned way. And I think we, we, we saw that as a prime example at the weekend. The thing that's really annoyed me, though, this week is this insistence now that they've got to rewrite the rule and make no. pass interference a challengeable play. No. And, and, you know, I've got to say, no. Vern, if they're going to do that, and they might, I mean, Roger Goodell said no, yesterday that, they, that they're going to consider it. Please don't. If they do, they've got to rewrite the pass interference rule before they do it. Because yeah. I, would, I would challenge anyone to prove to me otherwise that the way the pass interference rule is written and is officiated now, every pass down the field, you could challenge and get pass interference against the defensive back. Because theoretically, there's contact on every play. Yep. And the way the pass interference rule is written, there can't be any contact. No. So you, you would challenge every pass interference call you didn't get. And you should pretty much get a 100% success rate. And I think that would make games even longer. It would make the passing game virtually impossible. And I think from a, an NFL standpoint, they want to see more points on the board. You know, they want to see... Um, they want to see games decided by, you know, in shootouts. They like that. The best games we've seen this season have been shootouts. But I don't think they can go too far and make it impossible for a quarterback or a safety to, to cover anybody downfield. I just think it would – I just think it's unnecessary. I, I don't want to see it. I know a lot of people do based on what happened at the weekend. I just don't. I really but, don't. But, but it's a – excuse my language. It's a kick-bollock scramble reaction to a huge incident that has changed the outcome of – the biggest sporting event in America, Super Bowl weekend. We've got the Rams in there, and if that play was called as pass interference, they would have got a first down, they would have run out the clock, and they would have won the game, and we would have the Saints versus the Patriots in Super Bowl 43. Now, one thing that really annoys me is the fact that, yes, it was pass interference, yes, it wasn't called, but isn't that why we love sport? Yeah, isn't that exactly. the controversy about sport? Isn't yeah. that what makes the, the, the beauty of any sport addictive? That's why we love it, because it's things like that that are slightly controversial. All right, it didn't go your way, but you know what? That's life. And people say that sport reflects life, and life respects sport, reflects sport. And, and if you change that rule, that pass interference rule, you are digging yourself into a big, big, very, very deep, dark pit. Because I mentioned it earlier on, if you are willing to have pass interference as a challengeable penalty or a challengeable call, you have got to change the rules on the one, the only rule that I despise in the NFL, and that's unsportsmanlike conduct on a quarterback. The Kansas City Chief call against New England's Tom Brady, where he slapped his chest, was called as unsportsmanlike conduct. That's bullshit. That's absolute bullshit. We're playing a game by, that's played by men who are physically, physically more than capable to take any kind of hit. Now, I know it's a quarterback and it's an offensive game, but you have to be able to challenge the quarterback. Tom Brady has not been sacked for a very, very long time. And a part of me feels that the reason for that is because people are scared to touch him because he's the golden boy of the NFL. If Tom Brady was playing in the 70s and 80s, the guy would be on his arse every other player. I guarantee it. Because you would, uh, you would design your defence to be more aggressive towards Tom Brady. But back to the other one. I mean, this is the one that's kind of... I, I, I'm, I'm with you 100% on, 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 on your point there, by the way. But, but, but back onto this one. I, it was such a bad call. Why, why would you rewrite the NFL rulebook based on a call as bad as that? Well, exactly. I mean, my, 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 the the rulebook shouldn't be changed because it was so blatantly obvious. Yeah, it, it's exactly. a personal it, mistake yes. by the sideline judge. Exactly. It's not a, it, it, it's not a mistake yeah. by the league. 
It's a you mistake that, by the referees. Yeah, if that had been a tight call, you know, a difficult one to, to judge, then I'd, I'd have more sympathy for people who want it to be challengeable because then it might, needed to be, it might have needed to be looked at. But that didn't need to be looked at. You know, all the guy's got to do is officiate properly and do the job right and make the call. It's, it, you can't miss it. You know, he just didn't throw the flag. I mean, he, I would think if he's honest enough and he, when he turns the light off at night, he actually knows he saw it. He just chose not to throw the flag. He knew it, but he didn't do it. The receiver and, went and, flying. Yeah, and so, so you, you can't rewrite the rules because something is so bad as that. You know, I, I, just, I, just, I just think it was so blatant. It was just bad officiating. You know, I think they've got to look at that guy and they've got to send him back to referee school and they've got to show him what he should be doing in big moments like that. And maybe, maybe just maybe, the human element of the pressure that he was under at that time to make the call in that stadium with all that noise was too much for him. And but it doesn't mean you've got to change the rules. And I tell you what, it's interesting. It's funny you say that. We're at, <laughs> we're at the Mercedes-Benz Stadium, the home yeah. of the New Orleans Saints, and the guy's balls were so big that he didn't yeah. throw, a, throw a flag against the Rams. <clears throat> against the Rams. I know. I know, and, but, but I mean, it's just a bad call. Just now, a bad call. Now, Darren, let me ask you this. You cover a lot of football for BT Sport and for Five Live in the past. You've, done, you've covered a whole heap of soccer games. Have you ever seen a call be overturned by players badgering the referee? No. Never. It never no. happens. However, no. however, we mentioned it earlier on, the players on the Rams' defence, all the DBs huddled up, and they, took, they had a good look around to see whether there'd been a flag thrown. They didn't high-five for a couple of seconds after the play wasn't called. Now, surely as a ref, you're looking around and you're saying, oh, my God, it, they've just shown it on the big screen because it came up really quickly, really quickly. The players haven't high-fived. I've got to throw a flag. Would you not throw a flag as, yeah. a, as, a, as a gut instinct reaction as a hey, referee? Hey, listen, well, I, I'm, what is it, six? In an NFL officiating crew, is it six? It's certainly yeah. more, it's around that. Six, eight, yeah. it, it's a, one, two, there's a lot. Three, four, yeah, six. Right, any one of them could have thrown the flag. So so what we're saying is here that all of them missed it. Yeah. Because one of the other officials could have gone to the guy who needs to throw the flag and said, listen, you've missed a blatant one here. Trust me, throw the flag. Just trust me and throw the flag and do it sharpish. Yeah. Because any one of them in the, in the team, and they are a team, albeit they're not a team that works together during the regular season. It's kind of an all-star crew for the playoffs. So the crews travel around together during the regular season and the best of those crews get put together for the playoffs then onto the Maybe Super Maybe that's Bowl. what the problem is. Because Maybe. Ma many times this season we've seen referees huddle up and throw flags like several seconds after the players finish. You know, yeah. maybe that's maybe that's a problem that needs to be assessed. Maybe that's maybe. the issue here. But that I, has been I, uncovered. I, yesterday, Vern, I went to a VAR um, seminar because from the last 16 of the Champions League, this season, we've got VAR. So they were explaining to us, UEFA, how they were going to officiate VAR. And it's back to clear and obvious situations and goals. So they went through the various scenarios that will pop up. Um, but I said to them yesterday, I said, the big concern for me is that the offside rule in football is written for the naked eye. So when you give an offside decision, it's because you can actually see it. And by being able to see it, there is a distinct advantage for the attacking team. But with VAR a boot can be stuck through a crowd of players, which is playing everybody on side. It's of no help to the defence whatsoever. So I said, maybe when you're doing VAR, you've got to have a little tinker with the wording of the offside law. And I think with the pass interference thing as well, if you were going to challenge it, as I said before, it would be impossible 
to to not give pass interference on every play. Exactly. You, you couldn't be a defensive back in the NFL because exactly. you wouldn't be able to do your job. Exactly. The, 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 the guys are too athletic, too fast, too well-schooled. You couldn't stop it. It'd be it, impossible. Imagine it. it <laughs> Games would take five hours. Exactly. Challenging exactly. Everything. That's another thing. Loads of people Practice. saying, oh, should it? I'm like, no, it shouldn't because the game takes long enough as it is. The league itself, look, from the very top, Roger Goodell has said the, need, the game needs to be shorter. We need to sort this yeah. out. Uh, can you yeah. imagine if they said, All the yeah, best on that. we're going to review every holding call on the offence and defensive yeah. line? Oh, please. So oh, they, they please. kick off at 8 o'clock in the morning and finish at 6 o'clock at night. You'd have to break for lunch halfway through. If It'd you, take forever. If you reviewed for alleged holding calls between the offence and defensive lines... Oh, wow. There'd be, one every every, there'd, be, there'd be a handful every play. Every play. You, there's got to be the human element. You've got to accept you're not going to get everything right. Yeah. It's just a shame that a game of that size that's cost a team so much was so bad. But let's be honest, it was just a rank shit call. Nobody did it on purpose. <laughs> no technology is going to change that. That's just shocking. You yeah. know, that guy really, you know, shouldn't be officiated in the NFL next year because he's... Clearly not up to it. You know, that, that was that. The other one that got me, and I had a bit of a pop back this, yesterday on Twitter because everybody's saying, oh, you know, the overtime rule's terrible. You know, both teams should be allowed to get a possession. Wasn't it harsh on the Kansas City Chiefs? And I looked at it and I thought, you know what? No, it wasn't because there's two sides to an NFL game. There's offense and there's defense. You can throw in special teams as well, but that wasn't a factor in this situation. And when I look back on the drive that Brady put together for... Uh, the Patriots in overtime against Kansas City. They faced third and long, i.e. third and nine or longer, three times during that drive. And on all three occasions, he was able to make the play. But on all three occasions, the Kansas City Chiefs had the opportunity to make a defensive stop. And I'm afraid if you allow a team to march up the field like that so efficiently, then why would you penalise the offence? Why would you penalise Brady by taking away a drive to take his team to the Super Bowl? They did everything they needed to do. That's the rules. You can play defense as well. And if you can't, you probably don't deserve to be in the Super Bowl. And that's ultimately what's cost Kansas City the chance to be there. I've seen some stuff today. They're considering letting the defensive coordinator, Bob Sutton, leave, who's been there a long time. So there's obviously a feeling internally that if they want to win the thing, they've got to play better defense. And I think they are the rules. If you march down the field and get a touchdown like Brady did, you bloody well deserve to go to the Super Bowl. Don't start changing the rules because of that. If you want to get there, if you want to play the Rams, if you want to be considered one of the best two teams in the league and the best team in the AFC, play some defence for crying out loud. Well, the Chiefs are ranked in the lower echelons in the league when it comes to defence. Well, where know, do you stop? Ex- where do you draw the line? Exactly. So if Kansas City Chiefs, go, let's go again. Oh, Brady's done, a, Brady's done another one. Well, shall we give them another go as well then to see if they can level it again? We could be there all night. Yeah. You know what they should do? They should stand both quarterbacks on the 25-yard line. You've got five balls. person who hits the uh, crossbar the most wins. Fern, play defence. <laughs> if you want to go to the Super Bowl, play defence. Because I tell you something, mate. Last season, we stood together in an alcoholic-based haze in, in Minnesota and we watched the shootout of all shootouts in the Super Bowl between the New England Patriots and the Philadelphia Eagles. And what decided that game at the end? Brandon Graham, strip sack on Tom Brady. At that stage... A team that hadn't played defence all game had to play defence to win the Super Bowl. And that's what they did. They played defence, they made a play, and that was it. And that's what Kansas City needed to do on third and long on one of three occasions to give Patrick Mahomes the chance to go to the Super Bowl. And they didn't do it. Here, here. Fact. Yeah, fact. Uh, so, Darren, anyway, we have 
the New England Patriots, the greatest yeah. of all time, Tom Brady, is going to go to Atlanta and he is going to face the Los Angeles Rams. Now, I just want to quickly cover this. I mentioned that the greatest of all time, Tom Brady's in the Super Bowl. I posted yeah. this. I think he, he's just a phenomenal athlete, both, I was going to say mentally and physically, but physically he's not. Mentally, he is outstanding. Physically, he's like my dad playing quarterback. Uh, however shall, shall we just say as well Vern, while we're on the subject before you carry on let's forget this discussion about him Wait, being the greatest that's where I'm going that's where I'm going right, so right, I okay. posted a picture of yeah, Brady with his it. five rings All right, yes. it's a fantastic picture it's not the smug one where he's at the after dinner it's a painting that's been painted <laughs> by the way did you see the fur coat he had yeah, on the weekend phenomenal well? and by the way yeah, did you see the video that him and Gronk made they didn't say anything yes. they were just walking to the bus <laughs> And they're just Great. both nodding, very smugly. We ain't hey, do you know what? Do you know what? Before, before, no, yeah, exactly. We going before nowhere. you point as well, he's got that in him now. He was so long, he never said anything. He was a poker face. Now yeah. he's got that little bit of cockiness. I, I like that. Yeah, I, like I think. That. I think he. Yeah. Let's be honest. I th we both. We both know that he's obviously read some stuff that he didn't like. The way yeah. that he, you never see Tom Brady say, listen, people say we suck. We're going to show you how bad we suck. Watch this. We're going to win the damn Super Bowl. Yeah. But I, uh, I've got to say, you, you mentioned it. So I posted this picture of Tom Brady looking fantastic with his five rings. Greatest of all time. Simple, bosh, poster. Yeah. People are still arguing. People Argue are still what? debating that Peyton Manning is better than Tom Brady. You can take your Peyton Manning and shove it up your king ass. Peyton yeah. Manning has won Jack two Super. Well, he won one and a half Super Bowls. One of them doesn't count because he didn't even show up. No, you've got right? to give him two. You can't. You can't. One and a half. Give him two. You've In my eyes, he he's two. got one and a half. But all right, he's won two Super Bowls. And yeah. people say, oh yeah, but uh, you know, Brady's had the, the the team around him. He's had the the facilities to win Super Bowls. Hang on a minute. We talked last week in great depth about the fact that Tom Brady and Bill Belichick win championships with a roster that you oh. wouldn't even bat an eyelid at. And people Vernon, said I people said to me, oh, any quarterback could win the Super Bowl no. with this roster. Hang on a minute. So I put, no. hang on, you're telling me that Marcus Mariota could go forward or Blake Bortles could go forward and win the Super Bowl with this squad? Not a two chance. And two and 14. Not a chance. Two and fourteen, they'd finish. Tom Brady if you put is Mariota the greatest into, into this roster. Two and fourteen. Exactly, he's, he's the greatest no, quarterback of all time. The, the, if you ever want an example of what he's up against, just take a look at the two rosters for Super Bowl Fifty Two. So you've got a ragtag and bobtail outfit from New England that includes one or two outstanding players. Um, one of which is now seriously on the decline in Rob Gronkowski. Another outstanding performer is Tom Brady. And the other outstanding performer, well, maybe two more, McCourty and Gilmore in the secondary. All the rest of them are good players. They're not great players. They're good players. Then look at the Rams, all-star cast. And if Brady had the kind of talent that the Rams have got, he'd never lose a game. If he had a defense that had the amount of talent that some teams have got, he'd never lose a game. But if, if all of a sudden Tom Brady's throwing to Cooper Cup, um, Brandon Cooks, and he's got Todd Gurley and CJ Anderson... And he's got a line like that. Tom Brady never loses. No matter what the defence do, Tom Brady doesn't lose. I was going to extend it, Vern, and say, listen, forget the talk about him being the greatest quarterback of all time. He's the greatest player of all time. Don't tell me that Jerry Rice is a greater NFL player than Tom Brady. Because for a start, every offensive play that New England have, he handles the ball. A wide receiver handles the ball 10 times a game if he has a big game. 
10 catches is a monster night for a wide receiver. Even today, by the way. So don't tell me that a wide receiver can be a more important and better player than a quarterback because it's just impossible. Well, people He's argue... the greatest player of all time, let alone the greatest quarterback of all time. Yeah, people say, you know, Manning's won two Super Bowls. Let's not forget, Matt Millen, the middle linebacker, has won four Super Bowls. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Matt Millen. And I, and I, exactly. And I, look, I'm not a Patriots fan. Let's let's get that on the record. I'm well, you don't, sure know, you don't know who no, you're a fan yeah, of. Yeah, exactly. One week it's the, it's the Packers, one week it's the Bears. Yeah, yeah. But it's never this mob, by the way. It's never this mob. I don't like the Patriots, and I'm going to be all in on the Rams. Any merchandise I buy in Atlanta is going to be Rams, my friend, so I can get in that stadium and, and support Goff. Yeah, I'm looking forward lot. to it. I want the Rams but, but, to win, but all my yeah. bets, all my hackers are all Patriots. Yeah. But he's the, he, he's the best player of all time. And I, and I just think it's an open and shut case yeah. because yeah. If, if he was, when you think about Montana, they used to talk about Montana, but this was the day before a salary cap. And these were the days when Eddie DiBartolo had more money than any other owner in the NFL. So he just built the best roster. If they needed Deion Sanders, they went and got Deion Sanders. So they would just go and get the best player in that position and pay them and win the Super Bowl. That's not the case anymore. So I think the players that perform to the level that he's at now, just separate themselves from from back then anyway, because it's so difficult to maintain success. And I think he's 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 an absolute phenomenon. And I've got to be honest with you, mate. He's not slowed down at all. No, I mean he's going to go into next season at the top of his game again. And by the way, I don't know whether anybody's seen this. They've got twelve draft picks in the upcoming draft, <laughs> and and they've got two high draft picks from last year that have sat out the entire season injured. Yeah, They're going to become maybe the youngest roster in the NFL next year. So phase six or whatever we're into now of Belichick and the Patriots is about to begin. They've got the draft capital now to make sure that they can restock, retool and come back next year even stronger than they are now. And they've proved again they're the best team in the AFC with what they've got. A year where they, was, they were supposed to take a downturn. How did that go? Exactly. One, uh, Yeah. Exactly. The voice of Darren Fletcher. Always correct. Always right. Uh, and always accountable, which is what I like. Uh, Darren, let, just one last thing. One last thing. All right. We're, we're going to go to the Super Bowl. Uh, we've been invited and we're very grateful, of course. Uh, yeah. You said there that we're going all in on the Rams and I will be all in on the Rams. However, my bets are all Patriots. OK. All right. Win-win. Uh, win-win. Win-win for you. Yeah. So I've organised us a couple of events. I know. We talked about it last week very briefly. I've organised us. Uh, we're going to go and see Ron Jaworski and Mike Ditka at their cigar evening on, a, on Thursday evening. And it, it's an early one. I think it's five till ten. So that okay. means we can go dancing as well afterwards. So, but we'll have a cigar. <laughs> no, I don't smoke cigars. Do you smoke cigars? I, I don't smoke anything. No, no, neither I've do I. I've never smoked in my life, no. No, neither have I. So that'll be interesting to see how long we survive in uh, the cigar room. So people will know which our hotel room is because all our clothes will be hanging out the window. <laughs> if you, if you, if you, if They'll you be hanging out the window <laughs> next to our Union Jack or St. George's yeah. Cross representing. You walk through Atlanta and you see a load of clubber on coat hangers outside a hotel window. That's me and Vern. Yeah. Because we've been to the cigar We're like two teenagers like on, on a weekend in Ibiza. <laughs> <laughs> with all our crap hanging out the window. Yeah. <laughs> with a plastic, plastic Sainsbury's bag with a carton of milk in it. <laughs> <laughs> but right. also, Friday night, I've just had confirmation that we're going to go and see our good friend Ray Lewis. He's having a fundraiser. Which is brilliant. Yeah, he's yeah, having a I, fundraiser on Friday night and he's invited some real special people. Joe Montana was talking about him earlier on. Joe Montana's no. going to be there. Yeah, You are joking. 
Yeah, Joe Montana's going to wow. be there. Jerome Bettis is going to be there. Deion Sanders wow. is going to be there. Uh, Kirk Morrison, Takeo Spikes. I think Ray's just invited his mates uh, for this fundraiser. And bizarrely, it's in a it's in a Porsche garage. Is it? Yeah. So we'll get to look at some very fine automobiles as well as uh, cheering glasses with some of I've... the the uh, <laughs> Pro Bowl hey, fraternity. I, I've got to tell. Hall of Fame I've fraternity, got, sorry. Yes, I've got to tell the 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 wonderful the wonderful wonderful the wonderful fumbleite listeners what you said to me last year. Which still tickles me now. So, after the Super Bowl, we were we we were uh, going to meet Ray, weren't we? Yeah. So, what Ray wanted to do after the Super Bowl was find a bar where we're back to the theme of cigars, where he could go and smoke a cigar and have a drink and hang out. So, you found out where he was, and I've got to say, it was a less than salubrious establishment when we got there. <laughs> we were a touch surprised, weren't we, that the great Ray Lewis would have chosen this particular place. But that's where we it were. It just looked like a I, chicken wing shack. <clears throat> yeah, I can't remember a great deal about it. I've, I've told that story on numerous occasions <laughs> that toe-to-toe with you over beer is not a great thing to do for me. <laughs> so I, I kind of sat there into some semi-comatose state, but which was probably good because I remember you said to me at the time, you went, listen, <clears throat> Ray can be a bit funny. You know, he's, he's, not, he's not the easiest. It's not the most welcoming sometimes if he doesn't know you. So I said, all right. So you said, look, just act like you've been there before. So I said, oh, what do you mean? He said, well, don't get all giddy in that and you know, start <laughs> building him up as Ray Lewis and get him to sign stuff and that. Just kind of sit there and kind of be, how are you, Ray? It was a partridge so, moment, you know. Yes. So when I got there, I was thinking, I've got a real problem here. That I might actually fall asleep in a minute or be sick. And Ray Lewis has got a massive cigar. He's got, sh- he's got shoulders like you've never seen. He's oh. got his best suit on. He's surrounded by a couple of people that he knows. And I was trying to make sensible conversation with Ray Lewis on your instruction. When, if you would have said to me, what is two add two? I would have said Elvis Costello or something crazy <laughs> because I was that pissed at the time. So at least at least this time, you can give me the same story. And I should be able to go in there and say, how are you, Ray? How's things? How's business? Bang, 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 bang. But you had so little faith in me when we met when we met Ray Lewis last time. Which, oh, it was very which is, I giggle about it now. Yeah, and you still took the selfie. I did. Of course I did. Of course I did. I thought, bugger Vern, I'm having a picture of the legend. Great. Uh, well, just we, 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 the NFL UK office had some big news this weekend. <laughs> oh, brilliant! Uh, they announced yeah. the UK games. But just quickly, oh, Darren. Great. Yeah. yeah go on. We'll do another pod next week because there's a week off. We'll do a Super Bowl build-up. Yeah. But for now, as it stands, before you read all the gumph, before yourself personally get involved in all the statistics, it's the Patriots versus the Rams. It's in Atlanta. Who's going to win? Uh, the Rams. That's a yeah, the Rams. All right, I'm yeah, going to say yeah. the Patriots are going to win. We'll leave okay. it there. So this week, it was well, you, did, you, you did that. You did this last year when I said it was the Eagles and you argued the case the other way around last year. Yeah, exactly. So we'll leave it there. It's the Rams. It's the Rams. All right. Uh, People, fumbleites, it's the Rams. All right, fair enough. Uh, the London <laughs> games were announced, ladies and gentlemen. We have oh, four games coming yes. to the UK and I think these are the best bunch of games that we've seen in a while. That's a big statement, but they're pretty darn good. It's the Bears versus the Raiders. It's the Texans versus the Jags. The Panthers versus the Buccaneers, the Bengals versus the Rams. Darren, I think they're all pretty decent. Which one jumps out for you? Bears, Raiders. 100%. Bears, Raiders, 100%. Return of the Mac. Yeah, well, yeah, exactly. And what I'm hoping here, um, I mean, the Bears are the Bears. They're a really talent-laden roster. But we're going to see a Raiders team that's got three first-round draft picks. And they're going to look completely different than they do now. There's a possibility they might include Antonio Brown by the time we see them. Um, because they're certainly in the mix for him if he does leave Pittsburgh. And I just think it's two old-school marquee names that really resonate with a British NFL fan. 
you know, Marcus Allen, Jim McMahon, Walter Payton, all those guys from years ago. And I just think it's got that little bit of romance about it. I think it's a great game. I can't wait. Um, the Texans, Jags, you can't complain about that. Whenever we're lucky enough to be given a divisional matchup, it means a little bit more. <clears throat> Panthers, Bucks, you've got Jameis Winston against Cam Newton. That can't be anything other than a shootout because they can't play any other way. <laughs> and then there is the potential that if the Rams win a week on Sunday, then you can have the Super Bowl champion here for the second successive season, having had Philadelphia here this year. So hats off, brilliant, fantastic. It means that only the Packers are yet to come. We'll have seen 31 of the 32 NFL franchises, and I really like all of them. I cannot wait. Yeah, I think we're going to get some. We're going to get the superstars of the NFL this year. If you look yeah. at that list of teams, and also we're also going to get FA Obada playing in London. London Warriors we very are. on FA Obada playing for the Panthers at uh, either Wembley or Tottenham because remember the venues are TBC. Will Tottenham Stadium be ready? Who knows? That's going to be a really emotional night for you. That is. Yeah, it really is. Yeah, and it will. And for all you guys at the Warriors, you know, to see one of your own in an NFL uniform in England. I mean. It, it's, I just, I really hope, and I know they will because they're great at doing this, the NFL UK office. I just hope they tie in the Warriors in some way to that fixture because that would be perfect. It'd be poignant. It would be right. Effie would appreciate it. The Warriors would appreciate it. And I think it's a great way, Vern, <clears throat> to emphasize to people in the UK that if you want to play in the NFL and you've got the ability, you can do it through our game. It's not easy, by the way. It's really difficult. But there is someone who's done it and you can see them now in the flesh in this country having come through our system which is brilliant yeah it really is and uh, once again I doff my cap but if you look yes. at those teams look at those uh, the schedule I think Alistair Kirkwood and everyone in the NFL UK office would be really pleased with the fact that they've pulled four games out the bag which are superb absolutely yeah. awesome it's the Raiders what? and the Bears the Jags and the Texans Bucks and Panthers Rams Bengals and one person I've got to mention here Vern is our producer, Simon Cross, because he knew yesterday what all the games were. And we put him under fearsome pressure to try and find out. And he never buckled. I said to him this morning, if I ever do a post office job, and I'm hoping that I don't need to, because I'm hoping the career continues in an upward fashion. <laughs> but if I'm ever skint and I'm sticking a group together to, to rob a post office, I'd have Crossy in there because I know that when we get caught, he won't tell. Because he never left. He never said anything yesterday. No. At all. No one likes the grass. Yeah. I like him less than I liked him yesterday because he should have trusted <laughs> us. But he never told anyone. Uh, so fair play to Crossy. He is the absolute image of trust and secrecy. So... The NFL office need to know that Simon is a man that you can tell your everything you want to, your, your worst problem, your worst fear, and he will cherish it, look after it, and won't let anybody know. So, uh, however, he doesn't mind dipping his hand in the memorabilia basket in the NFL UK office and dishing it out. Let's be honest. Come on. He's, he's, not, he's, he's not, not that trustworthy. He's, he's, he's not got very light fingers. Any, well, he's not stolen anywhere near enough, in my opinion. Oh, I've got, I've got an office full of shite that he's handed I've me. Got, I've got nothing. <laughs> He's given me nothing. Oh, Darren. Darren nothing. Darren. Yeah, but you got. I, I'm, I'm now. I'm now hurt. Yeah, but Darren, uh, quickly moving on. But my knees are all scared for that memorabilia. But let's move on. All right, it's time for the pick six. <laughs> uh, Into the end zone for the pick six. First one to it you. Is. It is the hottest topic of the playoffs. Overtime rules. What's your take? Just briefly recap what you said earlier on. Make a defensive play. You know that they're the rules. Um, if, if you get a touchdown on your first drive, I think you deserve to go through. Um, where do you draw the line? If you're going to give everybody a possession when somebody scores, what are we going to do? I just think from Kansas City's standpoint, 
if, if you say to someone, what encapsulates their season, describe it to me briefly, you would say brilliance on offence, crap on defence, and that's what happened in overtime. That, that, that They went out because they couldn't play on both sides of the ball. And if you want to beat New England, I'm afraid that's what you've got to do. You know, they intercepted Brady twice during the regulation. <clears throat> Go and make another defensive play in overtime. And if you do, you might well be an Atlanta. You're not. Don't change it. Hate. I hate, absolutely hate, knee-jerk reactions to isolated situations in big, big games. Yeah, Just because good. it didn't work out for you the way you wanted it. Um, and by the way, do you think, let me throw this one into the mix, Vernon. Do you think anybody would be saying, change the overtime rule, if the Chiefs got the ball first, Mahomes went down the pitch <laughs> and knocked the Patriots out? Do you think any, there would be an outcry in America to change the overtime law at that stage? Not a chance. Because I don't think there would. Not a chance. So let's get it into perspective and crack on. Yeah, and it's also going to be good having the old Bostonites back. Uh, at the Super Bowl because we had a lot of fun with New England fans last year, didn't we? They, yes, they, we they did. were well up for it until the final whistle when they all got yes, we did. a really bit uh, miserable and partisan and it all kind of went a bit pear shaped. But I think okay, so let, we'll just blend the light. Yes. Let, let me sling one in for you. So right. you revealed this week that the only London game you've ever missed was when the Bears came over and played the Buccaneers. You're a Bears fan. I know. <laughs> what on earth were you doing instead? I think, I, I can't remember, but I think it was uh, a daughter's birthday. And I, 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 not for lack of trying, Darren, I tried to have her birthday party at Wembley. Did you? Yeah, I genuinely did. I thought, I wonder if I could get a suite. And I inquired about getting a suite where we could have the birthday party at Wembley. The kids can, you know, hire a clone or something like that. All the dads could sit in front of the booth uh, while the kids had magic by Mr. Poppy or whatever. Uh, but it didn't happen. They couldn't pull it off. Well, it's too expensive, I'll be honest with you. Um, yeah. But yeah, that's the reason why I think I missed that game. But one thing that really, if you look at that list again, Darren, of games, if you look and think of the past legends that we could possibly have oh, wow. in the VIP rooms, from the Rams, the Bengals, the Bucks, the Panthers, the Jags, the Texans, the Raiders and the Bears, it's awesome. I want one player and nobody else. And I'm thinking of flying across, fetching him myself and bringing him back. I just want Matt Jim 14. McMahon. No, Jim McMahon in the UK <laughs> for Bears Raiders. Oh, he's got to come. Yeah, well, he's got to. And if you think back, one of the big moments in Jim's career was 1984, the year before they won everything. Yes, at Wembley. He had the, he had the really... No, 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 no. Oh, no. really? He played, he played the Raiders in what was one of the most brutal NFL games that anybody can remember. And he suffered such a serious kidney injury during the game. They thought his career was going to be over. It's the reason why Steve Fuller was the quarterback when they played the 49ers in the NFC Championship game and got shut out that year. Guy McIntyre carried the ball and the fridge idea was born with Mike Ditka. But he was really badly injured in a game against the Raiders. Um, he, so, so there's a real tie-in for Jim. I just hope they move heaven and earth to get him over. I will, I will be. I, I see sportsmen every day in my job and they don't bother me at all. If I see him, I will be giddy, my friend. Proper giddy. You've got to get him over, I've mate. had an idea, Darren. What? Right. Randomly, Jim McMahon yeah. follows me on Twitter. Oh, yeah, you said this. Yeah, and I don't know how, and I don't know whether he still is, but I, I hey, messaged listen, I'll him. Let you, hey, I'll let you into a secret. <laughs> the minute you said that, I followed him. Hoping he followed me back, <laughs> and he hasn't. <laughs> well, he why, hasn't. Don't, why don't we start a campaign? Got to. Bring Jim to London. 
And Got I'm sure to. that the American football fraternity in the UK Got would jump to. on board and say, look, let's get McMahon to Wembley for this. What is, I wonder what his relationship is with the Bears because you don't really see him doing many Bears activities, do you? Well, no, but he's he, he's on everything that they do. Whenever they talk about the 85 team, all the programmes and the films and all that, he speaks glowingly about it. And yeah, I know he's always he's... one of the, the, vo- the, like, the voices, yeah. isn't he? And I know that he's patched up his relationship with Ditka. There's a lot more re- uh, respect between those two now than when Ditka was coaching him. I, I, I don't think he's got a problem. I don't think he'll have a problem about coming over. Oh, I mean, brilliant. he's got one or two health issues that, that you've got to check that that's all OK. But I think it's great. We've got to get him over. Got to. Yeah. Got Hashtag to... bring over yeah. Jim or something like that. Got to get Jimmy Mack over to London for that game. And if, if they don't, then... I'm going to start following the NBA. I'm not doing it. I'm, I'm, I'm quitting. Is I'm Ma- quitting NFL. Is Mike Singletary linebacker's coach anywhere at the moment? I don't think so. He was no, at the I Vikings, he, weren't he? He's got to come as well. That'd be awesome. It really would. And I remember I remember before the... Um, I think I mentioned it on the fumble. I remember before the first uh, David Hay and Tony Bellew flight, uh, fight, I was yeah. in a, a room at the O2 with Vince Vaughan, and Vince Vaughan had just finished making his Bears documentary because there's several Bears 85 documentaries in there. Yeah. And, and you know when people kind of... You know when, when there's, like... He's a, he's a Hollywood movie star, and people kind of like, there's Vince Vaughan. What's Vince Vaughan doing in here? What, what's Vince yeah. Vaughan doing with a couple of blokes from Towie and Les Dennis? It's a bit weird, isn't it? <laughs> right. So I thought, well, you've got to ask him something because it was like the elephant in the room, weren't it? So I yeah. walked over, I said, hey, Vince, I've got to say, your Bears documentary was absolutely fantastic. And then that was it. That was the key to the door. Sat next to me for the time, that, the rest of the time that we're in this alleged VIP suite. And we just talked football. And the Bears have a lot of fans. Like Bill Murray's a huge Chicago Bears huge. fan. Massive. Yeah, huge. Yeah. Massive. Like, it'd be good if, if we could get Dave Tossel reunited with William the Refrigerator Perry. Well, it'd be great if we could get Dave Tossle reunited with Sherry Perry after the story he told me. <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> Let's get Sherry across. Leave the fridge, get Sherry over. She sounded lively. Very true. Well, it's going to be good. It'd be nice to see Cam Newton on the Hallow Turf at Wembley. Brilliant. Uh, yeah, that'd brilliant. Be fab as well. And obviously, yeah. that Rams electric offence, if they can win the Super Bowl, we'll get another Super Bowl champion at Wembley. Texans JJ Watts coming. Which yeah. will be awesome. He, he loves a bit of soccer. I've seen him at Chelsea a couple of times. Uh, so who knows? It's going to be good. We've got a bright future in London. No, I've got the ma- hashtag. I've got, I've got the hashtag, go on, by go on, the way. Go on. Hashtag is bring back Mac. Yes! There's your hashtag. Bring back Mac. Let's do that. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. 
All right, Darren, what are the numbers this week, my friend? Well, for you, uh, because he's your all-time fave and we've talked about him today, I've got four Tom Brady numbers, uh, four different numbers associated with the AFC Championship game and the Super Bowl, and I will give them to you like this. So Tom Brady in AFC playoffs since 2013 is 0-2 versus Peyton Manning and 10-0 against every other quarterback. Wow, say that again. So, since 2013, in AFC playoff games, yeah. he's 0-2 against Peyton Manning and 10-0 against every other quarterback. All right, now let me just say, this is not, this is not a light for the fuel on the fire about the debate <laughs> who is the greatest, all right? Forget that. Yeah. Let's move on. Let's right. move it, on. Here's the next one. On Sunday night, on third and seven or longer, which is the absolute worst-case scenario for a quarterback in the NFL um, and certainly one that can't move, by the way, because he's, he's a statue. Tom Brady was six for six with six first downs and zero sacks. Patrick Mahomes was 0 for two, zero first downs, and was sacked twice. Wow. So when the, the light was shining brightest and you needed a play, the best in the business got it done. In the last five post-seasons, Tom Brady is 4-2 and two when trailing in the final three minutes of regulation, right? So in the last five post-seasons, Tom Brady, 4-2 and two when trailing in the final three minutes of regulation. All other quarterbacks are a combined 7-50. and 50. God, blimey. And this one, I like this one. Tom Brady has more Super Bowl experience, eight games, than the entire Rams 53-man roster. <laughs> CJ Anderson, Brandon Cooks, Sam Shields and Aqib Tlaib have combined for five Super Bowl appearances. So wow. he's got eight on his own. So he's more experienced than, any, than the entire Rams roster. Put together. Well, let's, not, e way, let's they, not even they, talk they, about Belichick because he, well, he's got yeah. a wealth of Super Bowl yeah. experience. Well, 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 they've got out and signed um, some big players, players that you think might have been in the Super Bowl before, but that's not the case. Some fascinating numbers around the greatest of all time. So I, I really like those this week. Yeah, he's the man. Uh, here's one for you then. Tony Romo's doing a great job in the broadcast yeah. booth. Um, by the way, he's admitted today he's been offered lots of contracts to play um, while... He's been broadcasted because he's not even 39 yet. And had it been Breeze against Brady in the Super Bowl, he's calling it for NBC. He would have been younger than both quarterbacks playing in the game, by the way. But he's doing a great job in the booth. Who are your favourite NFL pundits? Oh. For me, it, it, I used to love Monday Night Football when it was, right. believe it or not, we used to have it live on Channel 4. And it was John Inverdale that used to be the London anchor. And he would sit behind a green screen and they would put up uh, a kind of New York skyline. And John Inverdale would just do the throws to the game and the throws to the ads and this, that and the other. And the iconic voices that just resonate with me. You've got to, you've got to think about Frank Gifford. You've got to put him in the mix. You've got to yes. talk about Dan Deardorff, you know, iconic voice as well. You've got to talk about the great John Madden. John Madden had... A voice that was synonymous with Monday Night Football. Al Michaels as well. Those voices for me are NFL. Those voices are what the game means to me. But I think in this day and age, who's the guy? Do you remember? He, he still does it now. And I don't know his name. 
He, I think he, he was predominantly a Raiders commentator, and he made famous the phrase, Holy Toledo! I don't know who Do you he know is what I mean? I know who you mean, but I don't know who he is. Yeah, I don't know who he is. Which is not good for him. No, it's not. It's not. He, he has a visual, no. a, a verbal signature, but I can't put yeah. a name to the Holy Toledo. Uh, so if know. you know that Fumbleites, then Twitter us. You know where we're at. Send us a tweet at the Fumble. Uh, but those are the people for me. What about yourself, Darren? John Madden all day long. Yeah. You know, I love to. If, I, if I've got if I've got a couple of hours to kill in the afternoon, there's nothing on the telly. I'll go onto YouTube and find a game that he commentated on and watch it because I think he was. He, he just stands on his own. I think Romo's superb. I think Chris Collins was really good. I think there's one or two of the younger ones now that I really can't get my head around. I mean, Charles Davis is okay, but who's Charles Davis? You know, I mean, John Madden telling me what's happened, great. You know, Tony Romo telling me what's happened, great. Charles Davis, no career, not really interested. Should have listened to the fella in the stand. But you know, um, you know do you know what? Who, like, he doesn't annoy me, but it's because I met him and he was a bit of a dick. Um, Joe Buck. I can't yeah, get Joe Book. There's something about Joe Book that can't. I don't get him. Well, I, I was in that uh, the men's room, as they call it in the US, um, before one of the championship games, and he was doing his hair, and I'd never seen anything like it. He, he was stood in front of this mirror with a, another fella next to him, and he was trying to hairspray the quiff to oh, this ridiculous no. angle. And it, the guy was blowing so much smoke up his backside; no. it was unbelievable. That stood there using the the urinal, thinking, am I really seeing this? You know, I felt like walking across and saying, Joe, hi, you know, Darren Fletcher, I, 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 I'm over from the UK. Are you really doing this in public? You know, you're really, like, doing your hair. Like, it's crazy. So I wasn't a big fan of him. He's far, he spends too much time trying to be cool next to Troy Aikman. Yeah. But he's, th- not, he's never going to be as cool as Troy Aikman, is he? No, no, hell no. I, I think, he, I think he's, his value in his head is much greater than it is in the booth. I like Frank Gifford as well. I remember that year in the 80s when he presented the British coverage, didn't he, for a year? Yes, he did. We and were so lucky to get that. I mean, we, we had the nasty boys, but we also had Frank Gifford. Yeah, which, we had... Which, and that was which before, is astonishing when you think about That was before Mick Luckhurst, right? Yeah but, yeah, but that's like... You think about that now, because obviously Frank was... Frank was the main guy at the time, wasn't he? Yeah. That's what, like 100%. us now getting... Yeah, that's, that's kind of like us now getting Romo to present on Sky. It is. Which, which you'd look and say, no, never. But, I mean, Gifford was the main guy, great player with the Giants all those years ago, was the main voice on, on television at the time in the US. And he came and presented our programme for a year, which, when you think back, you, I don't think we really appreciated that at the time. We do now because we know a bit more about it. But we didn't think about it then, did we? No, I think no, what an no. astonishing thing. In fact, I think he was after Mick Luckhurst. <laughs> I actually think I said to someone at the time, Preferred it when Mick was on, <laughs> which is mad. It's absolutely mad. It's a great compliment to Mick, by the way. But and Nicky Horn was around. Nicky Horn, well, was it? Nicky Horn, who you can hear regularly on Rock FM. Can you? I think it's Rock FM or, or one of those big. Uh, is, it, is it Rock FM that he's on? He's on some big rock and roll station. I, I can't remember. I, he, he always had his absolute own, rock or something like right, that. Is it? Right. I, I don't know. I don't right. know what it is. Yeah. Well, you just said that Joe Book's an absolute rock or something similar. A tool. Something similar. It rhymed. Yeah, rhyme with rock. <laughs> yeah, uh, rhyme with rock. But I like Nicky Horn because he's still a huge football fan. Yeah, still a I huge did. football and, fan. And, and Nicky was the kind of guy that, that openly said, "I don't know anything about this." So he'd just go and help me because I didn't know either. So he'd go to Chicago and he'd go and stand next to Richard Dent because he's not very big, is he, Nicky? No, so he's no. like I don't know, five, six, five, eight, whatever he is. Who so was the guy? Next- who was the guy? Who was the stadium reporter when Mick Lockhurst was in the studio? Gary Imlach. Jo- yeah, yeah, and John Smith. And John Smith, who was a former English kicker. kicker for the Patriots. Yeah. There you go, yeah. 
But, but I remember Nicky like stand next to Richard Dent to show us how big an NFL defensive lineman was, which which you'd never think of doing now. But in, but back then in the eighties, it was totally appropriate. And he'd be freezing his balls off in Soldier Field in a massive coat and go and sit on a heated bench and then try and tell us that all the players would be all right because these benches were really warm. And I'm sitting there thinking, heated benches, wow, they're so advanced in the US. Yeah. It's just crazy. But they were great days. Oh, very funny. What are the Nasty great Boys days. doing now? Christ knows. Still trying to learn how to read auto cue, probably, because they couldn't do it back then. <laughs> <laughs> now, now Darren, we've referenced it a couple of times. Our trip sure. to Minnesota was pretty epic in the Viking Stadium for the last Super yeah. Bowl, the Eagles versus the Patriots. It was a great game. It got a bit blurry in the fourth quarter. Our, our, our banter with our fellow fans around us uh, was on great form. Uh, it was actually bluer than the Patriots uniforms by the end, my friend, if we're honest. Yeah, it was. I made a video that I sent my brother about uh, how much money I'd won. And I, I watch it back on a regular basis because I am smashed in this video. I really am obliterated. But we yeah. were in great company. Ravens head coach was there. Coach Harbour was just in, in a booth in a box behind us. Uh, we saw John Travolta walking out of the stadium, I do believe. Can I, can I tell you something? Because I don't think you realise this. You know when you said that you keep saying that John Harbour was in a box behind us? And you went to talk to him, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't think you actually realise. I don't think you know to this day. The box he was in was a broadcast booth. He was working at the time, and you just went to chat to him, and he was he was doing the game. What was he? Yes. <laughs> yes. Ah, no way. He was doing. He was working. He was in a booth. There was a bloody camera in there. No with him. way. And you went, I'm going to go and speak to John Harbour. And I thought, he's not, is he? <laughs> Off you went, chatting away, and he's leaning out this booth. And I thought, in a minute, he's going to have to turn around and say, listen, bud, thanks, mate, I've got to get back to it. Oh, I didn't realise. He, exactly. he was such a nice bloke. <laughs> such a nice yeah. bloke. Yeah, uh, so, so, so go. I, I, I've got a blueprint. Uh, have you? For the, our weekend in Atlanta, all right? And, right, and, and yeah. I think it all comes down to substance. Because we land on Thursday, and the first I'm thing not, I'm not taking any substances. I'm just gonna no, no, drink. no, 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 oh, no, right, no, okay. no. Uh, substance. I don't mean we're going to get high. Or, or we're going to take beta blockers <laughs> to, to, to to kind of plow us through our Super Bowl weekend. Junior, di- junior disprint is as good yeah. as it's going to get for Darren, me. Darren, I've got two eight balls of speed. We're going right at it, my friend. It's not that. We're not doing Remember, any of that. Hey, all we'll right. Do the speed ball, then we'll get to the Porsche dealership <laughs> with Ray Lewis. But don't forget, let him act like you've been there before. Ray, they've left the Keys in! Uh, but I, I think uh, Thursday it will be probably our only sober day. It will be our yeah. only day without a hangover. It will be our yes. only day when we arrive where we don't actually have a beer until late that night. So I think Thursday afternoon is our prime opportunity to get the wings in, get the uh, the potato wedges in, the burgers, the ribs, do the whole big America thing, get an Atlanta right. barbecue, we'll find a, a barbecue shack, we'll get Jack Crawford, who's on the D-line for the Falcons to take us out for something to eat. Uh, he said traffic is going to be horrendous, so you better hire a driver. I'm like, hang on a minute, hang on a minute, hang on a minute. It's me he's and changed. Darren, you hey, know what I mean? He's changed, he's changed. Exactly. Hire a driver, he used to get the bus. Jack Crawford used to get the bus. I said, no, no, Jack, what we'll do is we'll hire a tuk-tuk. Yeah, well, there you go. Yeah. To get us through the traffic. But that, that's a real issue that everyone's worried about in Atlanta. Okay. Is the traffic okay. is going to be horrendous. So I think we've got the perfect opportunity to eat well yeah. on that Thursday evening, which will set us up, hopefully, till we get on the plane uh, Monday. So Thursday is where we need to eat, my friend. But I, I'm planning on eating each day. Yeah, but it won't I, be enough. I, I need that. I, I, what it I did won't last be enough. year. Our, our, did, our I, calorie and alcohol ratio will be out the window. Right. See, what I did last year, 
I was thinking back to the, to the plan I'd got in place last year, and it didn't work. So last year, I had a decent breakfast. Because if I, I remember rightly, you arrived on the day of the game, didn't you? Yes, yes, yes. Right. So I went to fetch the tickets and everything on the Saturday, got everything in place, bought you a hat, all that stuff. I got I, So when you walked in, you were good to go, right? So you came in, quick, quick change, quick shower, bang, off. I had a big breakfast in the morning. Then I said to you, when we got to the stadium, I've got to eat now. If I'm going to be drinking, I've got to eat. And I think if memory serves me correctly, I ate three hot dogs in a row. Can you remember? I went and bought myself three hot dogs. I said, you old one, I'll, I'll eat these two. Then I had the other one. So I'd, I'd gone three, <laughs> three dogs in a row, straight in. So I'm absolutely stuffed at this stage. Then well, we I, got on the... Then yeah, we got on the beer. We got on the sauce at the tailgate. And the problem was at the tailgate, yeah. they, they have lots of these little food stations, which is basically, basically a little hand of food. So yeah, you've got to stand enough, there that, and take 16 yeah. plates before you get an actual meal. But we had a yeah. problem because we bumped into Dale, Dave Brailsford. Yes. We bumped into uh, Gareth Southgate yeah. and Mike um, Checker. Yeah. Michael Checker, yeah. Right, yeah. The, the Australian rugby coach. So we're with three guys who you cannot ignore. You've got to have a conversation with. So And then the beers were flowing freely there. And that was our our prime time to eat. So we didn't eat because we were talking to these guys who... And let's be honest, how good were those conversations, Darren? Well, by the way... Off so the charts. On Sunday, yeah, so on Sunday night, when I said to you I was at the Football Writers' Dinner, which was a tribute dinner for Gareth Southgate, I went to see Gareth on Sunday, and Gareth is there again. Brilliant. So the leaders group that went before, that was Brailsford, Checker, Southgate, Gareth is certainly going again. I don't know whether Michael and Dave are. And Roberto Martinez is there as well. I'll put them on the list. So I've got Roberto's number, so we can speak to Roberto, and he's looking to get involved in a few bits. Oh, good. Gareth was saying, let's link up again while we're there. So the guys that were there before should be there again. So the England manager is going to be out there again. Brilliant. And it, apparently, think, apparently it's a good event now because it's, yeah. it's a, a world leaders of sport. There you go. And it's where they all bang heads and they chew the fat and they, they talk about, you know, technology in the game is one of the big topics that they were, if I remember rightly, is what they were talking about last year. So it would be VAR, it was about instant replay. It was all those things that are relevant in sport. No, they were talking about it last year. So they're all prepared for it, which is really, really interesting. Yeah. So in answer to your question about what I'm, what I'm going to do, what my plan is, how I'm going to plan for it, what I'm going to do, I've, I've got to be big enough to realise here that for the four or five days that we're in Atlanta, I'm probably way out of my depth. I've got to, I've got to be big enough as a man to acknowledge this, that if, if I went into a boxing ring with Anthony Joshua, if I stood there and thought, I'm just going to go toe-to-toe with a big fella, I'm lasting three seconds. I've got to be big enough to think, if I go toe-to-toe with Vernon Cave Bolton, I'm in a world of trouble, world of, world of hurt. <laughs> I, got, so, I, I am not a big drinker. I just like you're a drink. Bigger <laughs> you're bigger than me. You're bigger than me. So I've got to know when I can say to you, Vern, I'll have a black currant and soda. I'll just skip yeah. around here. I, I respect because that. Because if I don't... I, last year, if you remember rightly, we did the Super Bowl, and I was ill that night yeah. when we got back to the, the room. Yeah. So you were asleep, and I, I, I woke you up, and I was sick. I was really ill. And then the next day, I was in bed all day. My flight was cancelled. I was really ill. And I'd convinced myself I'd got a bug. I actually think I'd got alcoholic poisoning. Yeah. And I've never admitted that to you until yeah, today. I, I drank did. that much. Yeah. yeah. I can't allow that to happen again. Well, I, I semi... We, you know, we nearly got can't. arrested for, for going... Because at the Super Bowl, you're only out two beers per person. So Darren well, and I, I mate, were I on a loop. Down tra- I got them shoved down my trousers. No sorts to get them in. Yeah, that's why they ended up calling him Big Daz in the stadium. Yeah. 
Have you, seen, you remember arachnophobia with John Goodman when he went in in all the outfit? Yeah. I was yeah. like that with, with I got every pocket I got, I got a beer in it. <laughs> and the guy was saying, you can't take up what? 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 I've only got two. Well, what about that one there? That one there? That one there? What? What? No, no, I know. No, I've not. I've not. It was very funny. Yeah, we're going to take all those off you. All right, thanks, Jim. Yeah, we'll take our time, I promise. I've got to be careful, mate. I've got to be careful. I'm, I'm going to try and give it my best, but I've, right. I've just got to know my limitations. Yeah, because we want to enjoy the game. That's it. You know, we're there, we're there a few days before, so we've got to pace ourselves. That's the key. We're, we're, not, we're not 19 anymore. We're not, not 19 any role. <laughs> no, so, might, be nine, might be 19 stone by the Monday with the sound of it. Oh, yeah. Wings and burgers. Bring it on. So, uh, last one for this. Who do you want to win the Super Bowl and how do you want them to do it? Do you know what I want to happen? Mm. I want it to be a close game. I don't want overtime. I want it to be a game that ends like the last Super Bowl. Yeah. And I want Tom Brady to pick up another Super Bowl trophy. I want him to get the sixth ring. And then at the end, I want him to turn around and say, thank you very much. It's been an awesome ride. I want to thank Robert Kraft. I want to thank Miserable Bill for being by my side throughout the whole of my career. I'm going to call it a day. That's how we should end. Because I know yeah. you mentioned the fact that they've got all these draft picks. They've got two top draft picks who've been injured all season. Does he want to start again? Go out on a high. People always say go out on a high. And I know he said he wants to play till he's 45. But really, Tom, go out as the best with that Lombardi trophy in your hand and say goodbye. Honesty is my middle name. I want to see the Patriots get smashed up <laughs> by the Rams. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm not a Patriots fan. Uh, Spygate really bothered me. Bill Belichick's a miserable so-and-so. I like Tom Brady. Robert Kraft gets on me tits. How he can walk around in the, in, in the, in the suit and the trainers. He's, he's dressing like he's 18 and he's 118. He gets on me nerves. Uh, I want to see the Pats get smashed to pieces by Jared Goff and the Rams. I want Todd Gurley to run riot. I want Sean McVay to give Belichick the bird while he's being shouldered <laughs> off the field. I, I just want all this. <laughs> you want a bar brawl. That's what you want, Darren. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. And, I, and then on, on top of that, I just want to be able to remember it all. So exactly. there's a few things that I'd like on Super Bowl Sunday. All right, it's going to be good. Let's um, remember, uh, Fumbleites, we will be doing a podcast in the build-up to the Super Bowl next week. So, Darren, and it's time... we'll be doing them there, won't we? Yeah, we'll be, do, yeah we'll, we'll be... Uh, yeah, our, our amazing producer, Simon Cross, is coming with us. We'll be on Radio Raw. Well, it's kind of the media centre for yeah. the Super Bowl. So we'll try and grab as many people as we can. And each day we'll be dropping at least 30 minutes, uh, reflecting and looking forward to what's coming up throughout the back end of Super Bowl week. Now, Darren, I've got a good two-minute warning for you. You ready? Have you? Yeah, yeah. good, yeah. Yeah. You mentioned there that you want to see the Patriots get smashed by the Los <laughs> Angeles Rams. You want Sean yeah. McVay walking high, a loft of his players flipping the bird to Bill and the Pats. But I've got one big question for you. Okay. What happened to Todd Gurley on Sunday? Well, I, I think it's pretty... I mean, he's spoken about this, hasn't he? And he said, because there's been a lot of talk about his knee. He missed two or three games towards the end of the regular season with a knee problem. Came out of college um, when he was drafted with an ACL. It's never completely been right, I don't think. I think he has a... It's an ongoing managing situation for Gurley. So, CJ Anderson's come from nowhere. Got off his settee and looks like Walter Payton. I don't know where he's dreads it up from. But Gurley said in the aftermath of the game, there's no issue. I was just so bad that day that the coach played CJ Anderson. I, I can't complain. I, I was. It was a sorry performance by me, was his exact words. It was a sorry display. 
So I, I think he just rode the hot hand. I think it was a simple case of Anderson's outperforming Gurley. We've got to look at bigger picture. We've got to get to the Super Bowl. It's not time for loyalty or friendship. We've got to go with a guy that's going to get us there. And I think Gurley acknowledged it. I think he's got two weeks now to get himself ready for the big game. And I would be absolutely astounded if Gurley's not the main man in Atlanta for the Rams. Well, Gurley dropped two drive-serving passes, didn't he? And, and, yep. and they were passes that one of them, the second one he had to reach a little bit for, but both of them went straight through his hands and his arms. And I thought, ooh, something not right here. And then when we saw the mm. footage of him stretching, he was sat on the bike, keeping warm. Everyone, all the commentators, even in the Sky, Neil and the team, and the Sky team, they were like, hang on a minute, there's someone not right here. Has he been dropped? Has he injured? But the honesty for him to come out and say, look, I had an absolute shocker. CJ took yeah. the ball and he ran the rock and we were victorious. I hope that Todd Gurley, because of the role he's played throughout the season for the Rams, I hope that he has a phenomenal Super Bowl. I hope he gets 200, 100, well, 100 yards plus on Super yeah. Bowl Sunday against he, he's a very, one of my very, 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 very staunch yeah. Patriots defense. Who he's one himself. of my favorites. Favorite, one of the favorites in the league. And I know that you're looking for the Dickerson throwback, aren't you, for the Super Bowl? That's your idea. I am. Yeah. Or one, or one of those jumpers yeah. with Rams written across the front. Yeah. I, I'd like the the, the the blue and yellow. The really, the, you know, the, the nice blue and the bright yellow. I, I want a Todd Gurley one of them. Nice. Well, we will see for the day. All right, uh, yeah. Fumbleites, thank you very much. This has been a Shooting Shark production. As always, you know where to download us. Please rate us, rank us, whatever you do to get us up in the charts. Uh, spread the word. We really appreciate you tuning in and listening. Darren, thank you very much, my friend. Loved it, mate. Can't wait. We're nearly there now, aren't we, pal? We're nearly there. We're nearly there. It's Super Bowl week. Next week, it all kicks off. We'll be doing a pre-Super Bowl podcast, and then we get there Thursday, and we'll drop something probably Friday morning, Saturday morning. Stay oh, tuned. Thanks for listening. We'll see you then. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.